0: Hello, and welcome to Higher Voltage, a podcast about higher education that explores what's working, what's not, and what needs to change in higher ed marketing and administration. I'm your host, Kevin Tyler. Social media is not a megaphone for brands to amplify their own messages. Users expect more, and the bar is now higher. Jenny Lee Fowler's new book, Organic Social Media How to Build Flourishing Online Communities, is filled with gorgeous, substantive, thoughtful statements like that. I'm so excited to welcome my friend of years, Jenny Lee Fowler, to Higher Voltage. Jenny Lee Fowler is the director of social media strategy at MIT. She's in charge of developing and executing institution-wide social media initiatives and campaigns and provides social media consultation and direction for more than 200 departments, labs, and centers. She also leads the Social Media Working Group, which has 160 members. And prior to joining MIT, Jenny was the web editor and social media manager at Harvard Kennedy School. But most importantly, she's my buddy, Jenny Lee Fowler. It's so to see you. Thank you for joining us today.
1: I am delighted, delighted to be here. So excited. Uh,
0: was there anything in your intro that you want, you want people to know before we dive into this incredible conversation that I did not mention?
1: Oh, no, no. You did? You did, that was great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thank you. Um, there are so many things I want to ask you about, um, about this book. Um, the first, I think, place to start would be, what's this book's origin story? Why is this coming out right now?
1: <laughs> um, you're going to laugh, actually. So, I, so there's there are people that are acquisition editors. Did you know this? I didn't know this did was know this. a thing. Um, so this, yeah, that these editors go and acquire people basically, and say, do you want to write a book? So there's this woman that ended up in my inbox one day. And sh- she just said, have you ever thought about writing a book? <laughs> And I, I thought it was a joke. Um, I, t- I told my husband. I said this woman, this random woman, emailed me, and you know is asking me if I want to about a book and possibly. Po- I said this is got. I bet she's going to ask me if I have ten thousand. You know, if you have ten thousand dollars, we'll we'll publish your book for you. And um, so, several conversations later, it uh, turned out not to be a joke. It turned out to be serious, and. I think um, one, you know, one reason why I couldn't, I mean, you can't, you can't turn that down, right? i It was this opportunity of a lifetime, but also, you know, it, it was, I was very aware of the fact that if I said, no, Kevin, the next person that they ask might be a white man and Representation is so important to me, and I want young women and you know young women of color to see that I'm doing this job for you know a very um, globally known institution, and that was super important to me. And oh. so, I I told my husband I can't not write this book. Even my daughter Dara was like, you can't not do this and so here we are
0: (laughs) Ooh, you better speak on it i love that's the best reason in the world you're exactly Um, right if not you thank you there you go and i'm so glad that that is one of the reasons why you wrote this first of all you have a lot of information to share you are so good at what you do that this is like the only like it makes perfect sense that you would have a book like it just I, makes perfect sense.
1: I, pr- I appreciate that. The way that
0: this is written, the way that it is organized, it's not scary. It's very accessible. It's very conversational. It's not like, it's a great read. And if you're in social media, this is a book that you should have on your shelf. Um, what effect, before we get into the details of the book, because there are many, what effect do you hope this book has on higher education marketing? Because yeah. this is about more than just social media.
1: And, okay, I just want to, you to know that the way that you are describing this is just blow, – it's blowing me away. I am, I am so humbled. My first and foremost goal was to help new social media managers just really hit the ground running. I wanted them to get to where I am faster. Than how, than how I got here, right? I made all the mistakes, so I want you, I want you to learn from them or learn from my experience.
0: Did you walk, so you all could
1: run. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I just. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, so you know, I'm really rooting for social media managers out there, and I really wanted institutions to hopefully really take a look at the position and elevate the position. Give it the respect that it's due. Social media is a quarter of a century old now, and it's not a nascent industry. It's a very specific and sophisticated industry, and we should treat those that are doing it as professionals with respect.
0: Yeah, like professionals. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm. I am shocked at some of the ways. That higher ed specifically still views social media. It's like, oh, we have an intern who's 20, they just have them do it. And it's so much bigger than that. Yes, they should have a, they should contribute. Yes, I think there are ways for interns to contribute to social media, but it is, it should not be forgotten. It's not the last thing on the totem pole. It is an active part of a marketing plan, it is part of your business model. It is part of, how you message and to relegate it to like, just give it to the youngest person is.
1: <laughs> cause, cause they know how to use the platform. Maybe, maybe. Um, yeah. It's, it's antiquated thinking. There's no front door to your brand or institution anymore. Right. And the way a lot of people are experiencing your organization or brand is online and on the internet. And, It takes nuance and experience and good judgment to respond to how quickly social media moves and reacts it's not just a marketing plan, but there are lots of crises and crises that unfold on social media. And you don't want your niece, you know, you have like, you have a lot of people say, you know, my niece had this suggestion for our social media strategy. You don't want your niece to be in front of the camera giving out like a crisis media statement, right? right? right. So why would you? Yeah.
0: That's so. exactly right. And I think that role we requires such fluency in so many things yes you have to know how the platforms work and how like how to do the function of social media but you also have to be aware of not even more than aware of you have to be fluent in that's the only word that's coming come to my mind in the trends the cultural moments the holidays the wars the all there are so many things that you have to absorb in order to navigate and, and create a special a community that is either responsive or nimble enough, I guess, to either respond or not respond to what's going on in the world. And you have to understand what is going on.
1: Completely. You are constantly having to read the room, the internet, I say this in my book, but you know, the internet is a really fickle place and its mood <laughs> changes in a matter of a snap of the finger, really. And something you might have said two hours ago will be totally tone deaf two hours later. Yep. So it's really important to just recognize everyone's perspective, know where the lay of the land in the moment and your own voice and tone. And you want to stay consistent with how you respond to different situations or celebrations. It should be always consistent.
0: When we think about how social media functions in higher ed, it always feels like there's this hesitancy for institutions to adopt best practices. And I'm curious what you think that's about. Is it just one more thing that is, is it just forgotten? Do people not care? Like, what is it that keeps institutions from doing what we all know is right when it comes to social media?
1: Kevin, that is a million dollar question. <laughs> I, um, That's a complex, it's a comp, there's many layers to this, right? Um, I think, you know, I think. Part of it still is generational and I don't want to make sweeping generalizations because that's sure. sort of not fair. But um, I think a lot of it has to do with that. And there are people that have been in positions for a very long time and your pamphlet and brochure strategy does not work for social media. But when, when you're not willing to, I don't know, like learn or, yeah. or listen to folks that happen to be experts in that area, you just end up maybe making the same mistakes or doing the same thing yeah. over and over again. Um, or
0: looking at what other schools are doing, and that's not best practice either.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, we do tend to do that in higher ed a lot. Yeah. Uh, notice how like a, a lot of our websites look exactly the same. Oh. <laughs> and, and I always I'm like, what? why is there a formula? Think we have to buy into these templates too much, Um, exactly. But yeah, that's a that's a great question. I think there are lots of layers to it. It's not so simple, but there's a lot of work to be undone. I think Um, there are a lot of job descriptions that are so. Old and they probably don't even have social media in them. You know, they, there are a lot of communications assistants or administrative assistants or even just special communicator specialists that are mm-hmm. doing events and social media and mm-hmm. supporting faculty. They're these generalists. And I think that's not doing us any favors in higher ed. I think we just really need to like get down to the job descriptions, uncouple jobs from other jobs and make them their own positions. I agree.
0: I agree. While I'm reading this, and I know who the audience is for this book, I, I think I get it. But in my head, I was like, this is a book for presidents. This is a book for deans. While you go into the details of thinking of, you know, goals and how to execute strategies, those are, that's all very important information. It's the information that surrounds all like the nuts and bolts, the functional information that you're sharing. it's all of the perspectives about catering to an audience of one trolls, why we don't put PDFs on Instagram like these like kind of like th- things mm-hmm. that are important to know about social media I feel like people who aren't managing accounts, on behalf of an institution. The people who manage those folks need to be reading this as well. We hear so often things like, and while this isn't a book about organic social media, the example I'm about to use is more of a paid example. But at the same time, it's is similar. The outcome is the same. We have a 60-year-old president who says, I thought we did uh, an ad buy. I haven't seen any of the ads on social. Well, you're...
1: You're not the market. (laughs)
0: Right. So we have these conversations with people like, "I'm I'm not seeing in the things that I thought we were doing. You are not the audience. And so books like this, I think, paint a really complete picture of not just what the person who manages the social is doing, but why and why it's done in a certain way. And having that information, I think in a book like this, arms people with so much information to make better decisions and to manage social media people in a much more comprehensive way.
1: Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you so much um, for saying that. I think that was part of my hope in addition to giving social media managers information, the things I've learned along the way, here are the people that you'll have to educate and um, report to and manage up. But that would be great if my book got into the hands of the supervisors themselves and the managers. And hopefully it's not just eye opening, but Mind open, you know, they're open to the ideas as well, and it changes some hearts and minds. That would be amazing.
2: It's hard being a college or university president. Higher education leaders face tough choices, and the best path forward isn't always clear. Neither is how to communicate about the choices that an institution has to make. Trusted Voices explores the complex intersection of leadership and communication. Each episode, Hosts Teresa Valerio-Parrott and Aaron Hennessy chat with university presidents, industry thought leaders, and each other about the latest news in the industry and the challenges and opportunities facing those in the most visible roles in higher ed. Season 2 of Trusted Voices kicked off with Rice University President Reginald DeRoche joining Teresa and Aaron to discuss the importance of openness and how to embrace politics at one of the most prestigious universities in the country. And more great guests and critical conversations lie in store. Listen to trusted voices on the Volt Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcasts.
0: One of the, my favorite sections of this book is it's on page 55. Uh, we'll start on 54, but the title of that chunk is called uh, The Dangers of Catering to an Audience of One. And it talks about what we were talking about now about having a supervisor, boss, who's like, you know, do it this way, do it this way, whatever, um, knowing that the person you're that's saying that is not the audience. And so you have a set of tips about how you can move this person from where they are to where you need them to be as a social uh, media manager with things like not making things personal. What your idea is not the right one, don't take it that way. Say, the data suggests that we should X, Y, Z. Back it up with data. Show your boss how your peers or leaders in the same industry are posting similar content. There are these really great tips on how you can educate the people around you to value social media in the way it should be valued and not as the throwaway task that so many people think that it is, that anyone can do it. And so that was such an enlightening piece because I think that there are lots of social media managers in these spaces where they might not feel the confidence, even though they know they are right and they they make sound decisions, they have a strategy, they don't feel equipped to have those conversations with people who are higher up. Can you share more about that?
1: Yeah, I think it's really important for me to mentor young people. It's something that is that I enjoy doing, that I take pride in, and that I take very seriously. And one thing I realized was I was having a lot of these same conversations women and men that I mentor were in these tough positions where they didn't know how to approach a request or really like how to say no. How do you say no without saying no? So I found myself having these same conversations with the people that I mentor. And I thought, gosh, you know, it, usually if what if one person asks a question, there's usually 10 other people that are thinking the same thing or having the same issues. So I, I just felt like these are the things that are really actionable. Don't just kind of like talk uh, high level. I think the thing that was really important to me was I didn't want my book to have just a bunch of buzzwords <laughs> in it right. and and or just, I don't even know, like corporate speak or industry speak. That's not what it is for me, right? Like I, right. I wanted right. to have like step-by-step Guides or processes or conversation guides to really help people, to give tips that are actionable, that will help people in these situations that I've been in throughout my career and that I've learned from. That really is what it is. And you think, oh, everyone knows this information. But what I've learned is people don't or they haven't yet had the years under (laughs) like the years that I have, um, so uh, you know, figure it out yet. And like I said before, you know, I want people to get to where I am faster in their careers. It was just important for me to give people, you know, really like step by step guidance if I could offer it.
0: Sure, sure. As you mentioned, and as people know, I think social media part of social media is experimentation, trying to figure out what the sweet spot is for your brand, for your message, et cetera. With that comes mistakes, right? You're just gonna make mistakes. And while this question was not on our prep doc, would love for you to share. What's one or one or two of your biggest mistakes you've made managing social media? And how did you solve it or fix it if if it was fixable?
1: Yeah, I mean Um, You know, I'm really fortunate that none of my oops moments have been like viral oops moments. (laughs) So I'm really grateful in that way. But I have made typo error, um, spelling errors, you know, and I've deleted them and redone them. And that's always a bummer. There are times where it just happens. And it's because... The internet is such a moving target and it moves on you all the time. So I like to give this example of why I don't schedule posts too far in advance now because of this one experience that I had. But I left the office and, you know, I scheduled a post for like when the sun was going down, like dusks, and it was a Friday and I just attached a beautiful picture of campus and said, you know, have a lovely evening, everyone, or have a lovely weekend, everyone. It was something just really benign. And you would think wouldn't, offend, you know, it's not offensive, right? But it just so happened that I had queued it and I didn't think about it. And then, you know, I was looking at my own social feed and I just had realized it was just announced that Ruth. Bader Ginsburg had just died and it it was announced I think about like a minute or two after my schedule post oh my went live and so at first I'm like sad, I'm really bummed out that, you know, RBG had died and then I thought <gasps> my host because it's just such the wrong time it's the wrong so i immediately went to it and it had already only been up for like five minutes but i or the comments had already started coming in like no nope bad timing i deleted it you don't need that hanging out there you sort of inadvertently make these errors because you know social media is such a moving target And that goes a little bit to, you know, if you have experience, how do you respond to it? In this case, I didn't say anything. I just deleted it immediately. It didn't need to live out there for a long time. But if it did, and I had totally forgotten about it, that would take a whole different type of response. And that takes experience.
0: Totally. I think the immediacy of the internet, first of all, is astounding, but it also requires like constant care and feeding. Like there's no, just kind of see what happens. It's got, you have to be active participant in it. One of the other things I love the most about this book is that you demonstrate such familiarity with the internet for like stretches of years. We have examples from 2012, with Oreo, we have examples with stock photos with famous people. It's just like, you know, your way around the internet very, very well. And what better person to write a book like this, than a person who thinks and interacts with the internet like you?
1: Um, as I sit here and listen to that question, am I too plugged in? I'm like <laughs> <laughs> I'm like thinking, should I? should I? I think though when you have a love, I really love social media. And right. the best social media managers, I think, are the ones who use social media personally. Because if you don't love it, you're really going to hate it. And I, right. I don't know how you can do it, but I love social media. And one of the things that I love about the internet are those moments of creativity. You're like, dang, people are so clever. That's what I love, everyday people. And you can share those moments with the world and have everyone recognize your Really genius, clever moment. And that's mm-hmm. of creativity. And that's what I love. And they just stick in my mind. You know, they just sort of stick and I recognize them. I recognize the not so good moments too. And they stick. But that's good because I learn from them and I grow from watching how people or other people have interacted with the internet. I really appreciate you saying that. And also, I wonder if I should read more books or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or write more oh, books. No, I'm
1: uh, not ready.
0: <laughs> I'm always kind of... Fa- so I love social media a lot as well. And I'm always fascinated by it because Social media and culture are just so closely aligned now. It's almost unclear what influences or informs the other at times. And when we talk about brands and how marketing should operate, what messaging looks like, and then moving into audiences, as marketers, what we're doing is we're trying to participate in culture. And that requires some sort of participation in social media. And so how do we translate the idea of social media as like... Um, have the intern do it to like, this is a cultural tool that we have to amplify what we're trying to do and attract our audiences because it's like, you still hear the questions, like make this go viral.
1: Oh. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you re- you, re- you ready? <laughs> Cause that's, yeah, it's not always a good thing, you know? Um,
0: right, And so I just find it fascinating that we, that there are certain sectors and I think higher ed is one of them in parts there's not just the respect of its power in our lives.
1: Right. I think this really just comes down to those hard conversations and education. It just takes education. The tough thing is that in higher ed, a lot of those that go into leadership positions are academics and it should be that way. That's wonderful. They're not marketers or they're not thinking of the space of brand, or they're not professional communicators, which is fine, which is why they have communications departments to help them. Mm -hmm. But I think that's the key is there needs to be an acknowledgement that the communicators are here to provide that service for the university. And there also needs to be a lot of constant education. And it's tough because You know, when there's a certain way that you've learned about how to do something or you've done something a certain way your whole life and then there comes this new industry that just flips it on its head, you don't want to think that. What you've been doing is not relevant anymore. I mean, that's got to be incredibly jarring. So that's tough. In just in general, change is hard. But I think that's the thing with social media is it's constant change. You know, I think social media managers are fine with change because everything is always changing. But you know, we have to acknowledge that we're educating people that are not as malleable to change as we are, and it just takes so much time. But just think, Kevin, if people like you start, you know, are in those leadership positions, it'll make it so much easier for those that are coming in after uh, us, right? Pro social Because you uh, get it. We get it.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important. I do think that it will grow and mature appropriately. Like you said, it's a quarter of a century old social media can now rent a car, right? It's 25 years old, right? So it's an adult, yeah, right?
1: totally. Exactly. Uh, totally. I, I think <laughs> I actually posted one time, I was like, if social media if is a kid, they need to start paying for their own insurance, health insurance. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's exactly right. It's a grown adult car case, essentially. Mm-hmm. I think that you need to start treating it that way. I want to switch it up a little bit. And I'm curious, without any names without any identifying information, like some of the most egregious kind of social media things you've heard or seen in the space.
1: Yeah, I think the worst offenders are just when I see a post and I know that was basically just an order given by leadership and it was written by a committee of 10 people, including the legal team. Because you just know, you can spot it, you know? (laughs) Uh, And my immediate thought was like, No one thought to ask the social media team about this. Right. And I'm seeing it more because I think a lot more institutions are thinking if we need to clarify something or if we need to sort of undo something we said, we should go to social. But really, that's probably the last thing that you want to do, you know, when it's just clearly not in the usual voice and tone. Yeah, I think that's bad. And, And I'll just add that. Like recent pet peeve of mine is when people are posting horizontal videos in platforms designed for vertical videos. I'm like, what? What? Are you? You're just you're just trying to be on that platform. You, right. you don't really care, you know. That's what it says to me.
0: I think that's an excellent point. But yeah. I have seen a picture, identical picture, that tells a story, but the people in the picture are the same, but like the names are different. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is not even real. You've just made up stories, right? The internet never forgets. For as fast as it moves, it always has a record. Yeah. And people don't forget. And so at some point, someone's gonna take a mistake some someone made in some brand, and it's gonna end up on TikTok. And people are be like, Oh my gosh, that's crazy. And then your brand is all of a sudden Yeah. And the crosshairs, right? Yes. I think like being careful, being authentic, right? You talk about authenticity so much in their book, which I appreciate because we talk about that a lot here on this show, that social media can only message what is actually happening on your campus. You can't use social media to create a whole new persona for yourself.
1: So true. It's so true. (laughs) Social media can only amplify a good culture. It cannot mask a bad one.
0: Say that again. Say (laughs) it again for the people in the back.
1: (laughs) But it's true, you know? Like social media can only amplify a good good culture. It cannot mask a bad one.
0: That alone. That's a copay. How about how
1: about a a coffee?
0: Coffee works. I think that is so it is so important to remember that. Because I think that people Can sometimes look to marketing writ large, not just social media, but marketing in some total as an opportunity to sweep some things under the rug. But that is never going to be the case. It's never going to work.
1: There are people that think that social media is this um, megaphone for virtue signaling. This is what we're doing. But internet users, they want receipts. They are watching organizations and brands and they will call you on it. When you are not being sincere,
2: Higher Voltage is brought to you by eCity Interactive. For more than 20 years, eCity has created websites and digital marketing strategies and solutions for colleges and universities that deliver results and exceed expectations. Their latest offerings to higher ed clients include enrollment funnel diagnostics and enrollment support services that efficiently attract and engage potential applicants. With results, you have to see for yourself. To learn more, visit ecdinteractive.com.
0: One other question before I get to my last one, which I uh, always like to ask all of our guests. H- have you trained your eye to notice when social media is being written by AI? Do you know that yet? I mean, the images are kind of still kind of, they're getting better, but you can still be kind of tell. Can you tell them the writing is AI?
1: That- is an excellent question, and uh, no, just because it hasn't crossed my mind. But now I'm going to start thinking about it. You just planted a seed.
0: I am curious what that's going to look like as AI gets more sophisticated. It's getting more sophisticated every second. During this conversation, it's probably learned 18,000 new things, right? So I'm curious what that will look like and how social media management will change, if it does at all, as it gets more and more sophisticated.
1: So. I think if it's utilized more, the audience will start becoming more savvy about picking up on what it sounds like or looks like. I think the authenticity piece will be even more important. I do get sort of asked AI questions quite a bit. And just to take it back to my example of my mistake before, would AI know to go back and delete Or at least think in that moment, oh, all of a sudden my um, have a great weekend everyone post is very inappropriate now. Like would an AI, like I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So Mm -hmm. I just think it will be even more important to have like a human at the helm. I love AI. It helps me in my day-to-day writing and thinking. But the writing and the storytelling from its origin is certainly mine. Yeah. Or ours, you know, it's human. And I also think more and more schools are going to adopt clear AI policies of just stating what they're going to use, how they're going to use it, what it's not going to be used for. I think mm-hmm. that's going to become more and more important. I,
0: I agree with you 100%. Okay, wait, I have one more question before the last Please. Please.
1: Okay. <laughs> I'm enjoying this conversation so I'm much. I'm having a
0: blast. It's great to see you too. Yeah. The book is full, full of tips. What is the one tip? Like, if you're, if I say, what's the one tip that social media managers need, or what would that tip be?
1: That's so okay. I've been asked this question before, and I don't know. I, I think my goal is, I just want those that read it to have one takeaway from yeah. it. If they have one takeaway. That's the most I could possibly ask for. But I think that different things will be different to different people. They were sort of all like revelations to me at the time. So it's hard to pick like one most important one. So yeah, I, mean, I hope that's not like a cop out of an answer.
0: It is, but I'll take it.
1: It's a genuine <laughs> answer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So for the last question, I promise this is the last question. What do you think higher ed social media looks like in five to 10 years? Yeah.
1: I always tell people higher ed is a big ship and it takes a long time to turn it. It does, Um,
0: which is frustrating.
1: Yeah. To be totally truthful, I feel like in five years, it'll still look a lot like It does now. I hope it doesn't. But in 10 years, hopefully we will start actually recognizing the value and the importance of, you know, social media and social media teams. And we'll start uncoupling the responsibility from the generalist jobs and start putting more resources into Social media content, social media teams, just social media efforts. That'd be
0: dope. Yeah, I think I hope. hope. Yeah, I hope that too. Do you still find value in Twitter slash X? Like, do you put the same amount of effort in that platform as you used to?
1: I still find value in it. I do. People are still there and there are still things that I see in X that I don't see on other platforms. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it could be because leading up to it becoming X, I had such a you know strong community that I had stumbled yeah, into and, and found and, and we're still talking to each other in that space, yeah. <laughs> albeit complaining about the changes, but we're still – Talking in that space, so yeah, I
0: have your phone number, and I still go to Twitter first. To I'm sorry, I keep I will always call Twitter. I, I know it's hard, place, yeah. Uh, to message, but
1: I always respond to you.
0: You do. You are uh, very accessible. That,
1: yeah, you know. But to tell you the truth, too, like Facebook is still yeah. flourishing. You it know, is. for those of us in ten years ago who thought it was going to die, it is a flourishing space, yeah. and there are lots of engagement there. So.
0: Yeah, it's uh it has had a resurgence. Like QR codes, right? Remember when QR codes were first coming out and you're like, What no, not at all. I'm not doing that. And now they're everywhere. So yeah, Facebook is, is Well,
1: both. it it took a pandemic for us to finally realize how to use them like uh, you know <laughs> appropriately. Yep. True,
0: um. true, true. Jenny, it's always great to see you. I love chatting with you. Thank you for writing this amazing, amazing book. If you have not seen it, heard about it, or read it. I would encourage you to find a copy and get it. Jennifer Fowler's Organic Social Media, How to Build Flourishing Online Communities. Thanks for joining us today on Higher Voltage. It was so great to see you. Kevin, some time together. I, yeah,
1: I loved this time. I've really loved our conversation and your questions. Thank you so much.
0: That's it for this week's episode of Higher Voltage. We'll be back soon with a new episode, and until then, you can find us on Twitter at Volt Higher Ed. and you can find me, Kevin Tyler, on Twitter at kevin c
2: tyler two.